you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Beers. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches, and welcome back to the Oscar Worsley Podcast, show where we discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. And what film are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching the 1953 Titanic, a character-driven story about the ill-fated voyage of the infamous luxury liner, advertises 60% truth and 100% drama. Ah, this is everybody's first time seeing Titanic 1953. Yes. You know, I'm uh, I'm not exactly sure. I've seen parts of this movie, and I kept thinking um, as it was going that I'd seen... I know I've seen A Night to Remember, um, and there were parts of this that I thought were that, but then I was watching it, and I was like, oh, I remember this scene, but I'm going to say this is the first time I remember fully watching it. So it's kind of a firsty. <laughs> yeah, I I watched clips and scenes from this as well uh, because I was taking in a lot of uh, Titanic uh, video, yeah, interviews and stuff when uh, when I was directing Titanic Aftermath at the Playcrafters Barn Theater in Moline, Illinois. Nice. So so I ended up with a file full of just Titanic movies, mm-hmm. documentaries. Uh, including a uh, German propaganda film uh, about the Titanic that was like, uh, hey, look how stupid the British are. Mm. Um, I didn't watch all of that one, but it, right. it, I own, I had it at one point. Uh, it may still exist somewhere in, in my clutches, but I don't know where it is. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I had a, a lot of uh, Titanic obsession in the late 90s. So I, I took in a lot of stuff. Back then. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I guess kind of firsties. I don't know. uh, Incompletesies. Yeah. So, uh, this is filling in the full moon. Yeah. (laughs) Filling in the full moon. So, there we go. Okay. And then, we're going to complete it with an Oscar breakdown. All right. Best story and screenplay goes to Titanic. Giving Charles Brackett, Walter Reich, and Richard L. Breen Academy Awards. Uh, this film beats out The Bandwagon, giving nominations to Betty Comden and Adolph Green. The Desert Rats, giving a nomination to Richard Murphy. The Naked Spur, giving Sam Ralph and Harold Jack Bloom Academy Award nominations. And Take the High Ground, giving Obi-Wan Kenobi an Academy Award nomination. Oh. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That says Millard Kaufman. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Not Obi-Wan Kenobi. Took me a second. All right. Uh, Other nominations for this film include Best Art Direction Black and White, giving Lyle L. R. Wheeler and Maurice Ransford Art Direction nominations and Stuart A. Reese uh, Set Direction nomination. But that loses to Julius Caesar, the Marlon Brando Julius Caesar, which gets Cedric Gibbons and Edward Carfogno. Uh, Art Direction uh, Academy Awards and Set Direction goes to Edwin B. Willis and Hugh Hunt. That's it. Another uh, another week, another 50%er. All right. Yeah. Well, not, not a ton of love for this film. Uh, but I would like I would like to point out that uh, just the year after we talk about Audrey Hepburn having a small cameo in the uh, Lavender Hill Mob, she wins an Academy Award for Best Actress for Roman Holiday. Yeah. Nice. Moving up in the world. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's talk about this movie. Lettuce. I like this more than the fucking James Cameron one. Sorry. <laughs> I don't even fucking care. Yes. Fuck you. James Cameron bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. James Cameron just pisses me off now. Um, I do. Actually, I do enjoy this one. I, it, obviously, it's a little disingenuous, I guess, would be a word to use in the sense it, of like the way it's just all the men are heroes and I, I, I like how Titanic's like, no, this shit's fucking chaos. You know that shit's fucking chaos, but Yeah. Yeah. The 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 bombastic chaos of the Cameron film is definitely nowhere to be seen in this one. But uh but but they didn't cut the kid die into this one. They sure didn't. No. Yeah. Plus one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. I liked it a lot too. I, I will say, you know, the first uh, probably forty five minutes, I was like, okay, this is this is fine. It's good. It's it's another film that's Titanic film that's focused on a fictional couple, fictional f- you know family. At least you know if there's anything based on true uh, truth, it's a composite family or something. But um, so like, I'm not going to try to compare it too much to the ninety seven film because it's a film in the future, but that film obviously draws some from this plus it's a you know it's a real life thing so there's going to be similarities um but that film doesn't get nominated so we won't talk about it again in this category uh but i'll just say i was uh enjoying it and i thought it was it was nice to see some different things like i i'd forgotten that the ship had a um like a tailor shop on it like uh, I guess it makes sense for luxury liner and stuff, but like details like that uh, were just like, uh, this place was like a functional little city. Um, yeah. But, you know, once uh, Julia drops the bomb about Norman, then I, then I was like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming. And then I was like, okay, uh, it, the drama's it, ramped up. During the Hayes Code, nonetheless. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and the way that, that whole setup pays off in the end really hit me emotionally. So good on it there. Then the kid died. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel, Mr. Uh, You know, I like this film a lot. Um, I always be a little bummed that we feel like we need to make one of the worst maritime disasters history uh more dramatic by creating characters yeah that's always a drawback for me there's so many stories on the titanic that we could you know have hundreds of movies and not run out of any of them right i'm sure each of them has their own little drama attached to it uh but uh i don't know i i like this family unit uh, i like mm-hmm. that they're a broken family unit and uh, I like where they go with them. Uh, I think all the characters are at the, at the very least interesting. Yeah. It's, and it's kind of a, kind of a good time for like the first hour. There's, there's a lot of things just to really draw you in. Yeah. I could see where, where this is, uh, 
this could have been like a, a big movie at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things, and I think you both kind of touched upon it in two different ways. Um, I, I, the way the first part, I'd say at least the first half kind of worked out of this movie is I really thought I was getting uh, separate stories out of this film. Uh, it did, it did feel like I was getting kind of like, and I kind of, again, I hate the comparison, but I felt like he got that Jack and Rose out of it. And then like the, the, the two young kids and, mm-hmm. but it did all kind of tie in together and I liked how they did it, but I, I'm kind of with Paul. I feel like there are so many stories that are, are within this one fucking spot in this, during this one event that maybe, you know, those stories could be told, I think obviously over dramatized in some way, because, you know, I feel like just hearing about, you know, the old couple that just wants to die together, the band, the the Strausses, like, I mean, they're there. I just, I'm sure they, they just need to punch up the story a little bit. Like, I feel like there's a, I feel like there's a one take movie out of the Titanic that can be made. Something that can transition from each story throughout and then end when the iceberg hits. And I feel like there's a good movie there. Um, that being said, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I liked this, the story of the family. I don't feel like the father guy deserved any sort of redemption of any kind that he kind of got in the end. I do. I mean, I do like that you know he's he he stepped up yeah but i i feel like you never really got any reason for him to do that like i i kind of always sided with the wife even though you know she cheated on the dude and stuff but if he was just his whole point was to be you know that proper guy to put up a face for everybody and i don't know yeah um yeah, I I can see that too. I I think because he's such a hard ass the whole time, and you know he finally really kind of grapples with the fact that maybe he's not a gentleman, and maybe he doesn't have any character. And um, I don't know. There, there's a little bit of suspension to belief, and things you know sped up a little bit for the timeline. So maybe um, you know, we don't get really inside his head too much, but. He he behaves the way I would hope he would. And so in the film, um, in the sense of the film, I like it. Uh, the point where, you know, he's trying to downplay how serious everything is and he just wants to make sure they get on the boat because he's mm-hmm. lost his family anyway. And But but then he does such a good job uh, saving face in front of the sun that the sun jumps off the boat and gives the seat up to a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, teach your kid to be dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Self-preservation. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not completely, you know, brushed up on the history of uh, Captain Smith's role. This one definitely makes him look more reckless than the 97 film. Um, yeah, we- but I mean, they they don't they don't include Ismay in here at all. Yeah. Uh, and Ismay was a big reason for 
a lot of the things that went wrong with the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Like they were, he was very much like into cutting corners and right. He's the, he is allegedly the one who gives the order to speed up. So yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta give that to somebody if Ismay is not going to be in the movie and they unfortunately give it to Captain Smith, who yeah. uh, I believe was against it. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah. I, like, I, uh, oh, go on. No, I was going to say, I just like, you know, some of the more, um, in the map room and stuff, like thinking about icebergs drifting and, and, and trying to map where something is going to be or what time that that's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. yeah. Especially when, especially when you're thinking about this being 1912. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, that's so beyond the technology that they have that, that it's got to be mostly guesswork. Right. Um, and, and I, I like a lot of the side characters in this. I, I like, uh, Thelma Ritter's character. Who's mostly based off of, um, the unsinkable Molly Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who of course was, uh, wow, that just Kathy fell Bates. right out of my hand. Kathy Bates. Thank you. Kathy my Bates. And, my wife. 1997 it was uh, uh, Debbie Reynolds played her in the musical, <laughs> which if you haven't I, seen that musical, you should. It's great. I actually looked it up. I was like, is she playing Kathy, the same Kathy Bates character? And no, but, but like, yeah, know, a lot of the names yeah. here are changed. They're yeah. you know based upon. Well, uh, uh, so it's thought that there was maybe some, uh, likeness rights issues mm. going into this film with Molly Brown, so they did okay. use use her as a character because I think they wanted this to be Molly Brown. Yeah, uh, and why would you? She fucking rules. Right? Yeah, uh, and then uh, <laughs> Earl Meeker, the the guy who's always trying to worm his way into every conversation, mm-hmm. uh, gets gets the uh, the Ismay roller. Sneaks on the boat and they notice him by his shoes. Yeah. 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 So yeah, there's a there's a lot of compositing and there's a lot of like pushing stuff off. Mm-hmm. You know, and White Star Line was selling a lot of lies until oh, sure. the eighties. I right. mean it was it was believed that the Titanic sunk in one piece. Yeah. Uh and you know, it wasn't until Bob Ballard found found the wreck of the Titanic that yeah, we found out that that was a lie, right? Even you know, eyewitnesses saying that it broke. That but crew and a white star line were like, "Oh no, no, it didn't." Yeah, they they were like, if, "If you want to keep getting paid, you're going to call these people liars." And all these people were like, "No, that's not what happened." Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I think for the most part, this this is just a really solid film. It's a really interesting, like hundred percent drama. Yeah. Uh, and they they keep it up like i i was mostly invested into it but man once the titanic starts going down like tears tears started shedding there right. there were so many moments yeah uh, i i will say comparatively again the the modern one i feel like hits a little bit harder but it also shows more of the whole cuz like in this film you see the difference between first class and the rest but very limited. It was almost in passing. Yes, yeah, so like, look, they're dancing. That's what they do. Yeah, like poor people dance. Yeah, 
But that being said, I mean, again, I feel like I, I just got the whole <sighs> the men were the heroes of the film. Yeah. Which just kind of ruined it for me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I can buy that. You know, it... I was watching some of um, just kind of some composite scenes of the sinking um, on YouTube and it had uh, pretty much every other film shows a lot more chaos on the ship as, as the ship is sinking, which sure. you know, is more true to life. I'm sure, <laughs> you know, a couple hours you find out your, you know, uh, accept your death basically. Um, yeah. So yeah, this one has a lot more stoic men uh, basically like standing proud and saying goodbye to the women and children, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is a, a writing decision. Um, since even like five years later with a night to remember, which is often cited as the most accurate film. about. Yeah. Uh, so, so apparently the New York premiere of this, they, they invited a, a lot of survivors of the Titanic and, and it was a very emotional night for a lot of them. Mm. And the author of uh, a night to remember used those contacts to gain access to the survivors to get the interviews for a night to remember. Okay. Uh, and Walter so Lord. When, yeah, when he wrote the book, uh, it, it was a lot more accurate than anything that had come before it. And so the movie gets to be more accurate. And I think that that movie's a masterpiece. Like yeah. if we were talking about that movie right now, I, this be a completely different conversation. It's right. so fucking good. Right. So, like, this is a good movie, and it came out in 53, and it predates a lot of the stuff that came after, but, um, no, I'll, I'll uh, admit to being a big fan of the 97 film, and I also agree that A Night to Remember is a masterpiece, and I read the book, too, when I was in um, middle school, and it, it's, I guess this one uh, walked so that A Night to Remember could fly, you know, so that sort of yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, it, it, and I find it really engaging that this like directly led to a night to remember like mm-hmm. there's there's a straight line there's there's no veering off the path this movie happened <laughs> this guy was like hey give me give me some phone numbers <laughs> right and then night to remember happens <laughs> yep so i was i was looking at um I look at the writers a little bit and no um didn't know a whole lot about them by name Charles Brackett apparently was a frequent contributor to the Saturday Evening Post, oh. Vanity Fair, and a critic for the New Yorker. Okay, yeah. Oh, he was he president was. of the Screenwriters Guild in 1938 and 39, and for the Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences. Oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, okay, during his, this win. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I mean, this is his his second original screenplay Academy Award because he also won for Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Uh, he uh, he also won Adapted for Lost Weekend and produced that, so he also won Best Picture. Yeah, that's why his name looked familiar, but I didn't. Yeah, so this, this is his his fourth Academy Award, and he goes on to win an honorary as well. He wrote Nacho. That's a great film. Love Greta Garbo. Oh, and The Bishop's Wife. Oh, he's an uncredited writer on The Bishop's Wife. I love that movie. So good. Uh, yeah, glance. That's Breen. Oh, he's got a very long uh, list of things that he wrote for. He was also a president of the Screenwriters Guild. Okay. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Apparently, he was in the Navy. Dragnet. <laughs> yeah, 
I just saw that uh, Dragnet, Dragnet sixty six and Dragnet sixty seven. The FBI story, oh, like some. Oh, that's the that's the one with Jimmy Stewart. That's a good movie. I got that on DVD. Nice. Yeah, it's Walter Reich. Also, a long filmography for Walter Reich. Ooh, he was older. He uh, started writing in nineteen twenty four. Oh, he's only twenty one when that. Countess of Monte Cristo. Nice. Oh, he also wrote Ninochka. Apparently, Audrey Dalton is still alive. The the daughter? The daughter. Nice. Oh, oh only 89. Oh, she's Irish. She was really lovely. The, 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 oh, yeah. And she's really good in this film. Yeah, everybody, she, everybody she was, was good. very good. Also, I didn't realize Robert Wagner was GIF. Huh. That was a that was a huge shock to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, mm. right. A little heartthrob here. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, gents. Well, do you guys got any more notes on this film? I got a really interesting note. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, hey did anybody read where the uh, the world premiere of this movie was? No, uh, took I, place. I didn't. No. Hey, how about the U.S. naval base at Norfolk? Oh, oh. sweet. Yeah, some uh, 757 connections. Apparently, they, they held it there. And uh, <laughs> everybody jumped off a ship afterwards. And yeah. <laughs> hmm. And uh, I lost the note. It must have been on IMDb and not on Wikipedia. But they gave some honors to a couple of the, the women in the cast. Okay. I'll, I'll look it up while we move on. Okay. Oh, I found it. Uh, Okay, so this is the full note from IMDb. The film received its world premiere at a star-studded event at the U.S. Naval Station at Norfolk, Virginia on 11 April 1953. So real close to the anniversary of the sinking. Hmm. Uh, Among the stars attending were Deborah Paget, Anne Francis, Jeffrey Hunter, and Charles Coburn. According to the Motion Picture Daily, one of the highlights of the Navy Bowl relief ball held that evening was the crowning of Paget and Francis as co-queens of the Atlantic Fleet. All right. Interesting little note. It is interesting. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. All I also right. chuckle anytime there's like a, a a musical artist who's like coming in concert and they have like a promo. They're like, hey, Norfolk, I'm coming to play there. <laughs> Why can't somebody tell you? Or when you're like at a concert over there and... Like I've been at the Norva, and they're like, hey, Norfolk, let's party. Well, have you seen the stairs at the Norva now? So the stairs that lead oh, up oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. The, to the stage say it's pronounced Norfolk. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> nice. That's a, when, when I used to watch M, M, MSNBC or CNBC, which MSNBC, uh, they had a, they had a, a commentator on there who, was walking by a like a school and he was like I was like I, I went to school right here at this school in Norfolk, Virginia. And I was like, Yeah you did. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, all right. Well, Paul. Yes. Is this film in the registry? That's my question to you. Well that's what a good question. You, what year do you think it got in if you think it got in? Mm, I I'm don't think say, it's in. I'm gonna say yes. Uh Zach is correct. It is not in. Ah. No year yeah. there. Uh it's 
its competition, the Naked Spur, did get in in 1997. Hmm. So, ironically, the other Titanic comes out. <laughs> hmm. uh, other, this is a much uh, wider year than last year, so I'm going to go with the the highlights. Uh, Best Picture winner from Here to Eternity uh, mm-hmm. goes in in 2002. Uh, the horror film House of Wax goes in in 2014. Uh, Roman Holiday goes in in 1999. Uh, one of the greatest westerns of all time, Shane, and I won't hear any arguments against it. <laughs> and uh, the original War of the Worlds goes in in 2011. Swag. Nice. Swag, 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 swag. Nice. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Bad. All right. Absolutely. Well, let's get into our worsty judgments. And Zach, hi. How are you? Not, you know, I'm I'm doing all right. All right. <laughs> well, does Titanic deserve best original screenplay? I have seen one other nominee here. It's been quite a while though, so I can't speak to it much. But I've seen The Naked Spur, and I remember it being very good. Uh, but not like stand out enough that I would say, oh yeah, that should have been the winner. Um, however, this is, I was trying to verify this point, um, right before we were jumping on here. I feel like the winner should have been Roman holiday. If Dalton Trumbo hadn't been blacklisted like that movie, I know there are a couple other credited writers, but that movie's amazing. And I'm, I'm pretty certain it's an original screenplay. I was trying to verify that. No, um, it is it is nominated in the best screenplay category. Oh, it is. Uh, uh, and it was written by, yeah, it was written by Ian McClellan Hunter and John Dighton from a story by Dalton Trumbo. Oh shit. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> I don't think he had been blacklisted at that point. I was I was reading something about it because I was trying to look up the details, and it said somebody else took um took some credit. In place of him, anyway. Yeah, because he goes on and wins a like wins an award later on. When did? Well, that's what I get for not looking at the adapt or the screenplay one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I agree with you. You should have won. Um. So I guess that makes my answer. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Deserved best original. All right. I'm gonna agree with you because I haven't seen any of the others. <sighs> It's hard with the old movies. It's yeah. just hard. Paul. A little bit. Yes. Oh, and oh, okay. Yeah, he was blacklisted at this point. Sorry. Um, I'm no, still in the Don Trumbo thing. He also he also won or Roman Holiday won Best Story, but uh Okay. Trumbo Trumbo didn't receive the award during his lifetime. Gotcha. But he won. Yeah. I was reading the Wikipedia page where it was like the script was written by John Dighton and Dalton Trumbo, though, with Trumbo on the blacklist, and Ian McClellan Hunter fronted for him. Trumbo's name was reinstated when the film was released on DVD. Um, so I don't know if it's an adapted because he wrote the story and gave it to them. Anyway, it doesn't matter because yeah. it's the category. Great film. Right. Okay. As for do I think this deserves the award, uh, the only other one I've seen in this category is Naked Spur. Uh, I had a, I, I had intended to watch all these movies this week, and then my week went to complete shit. So, uh, 
yeah, so I didn't get to watch any of these this week. So Naked Spur, uh, I of the two, I would have personally given it to that one because I think it's a much more interesting film. Mm. Um, but that's me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean I didn't think this didn't deserve it. So I'll go ahead and say, sure, why not? I'll, I'll give it to it. Nice. All right. And and maybe maybe Naked Spurs uh, not as good as I remember. So you know all those watching westerns when I was like a teenager and yeah wasn't wasn't as conscious as I could be. Uh, much like uh, the uh, the Navajo rag song that's in this movie. Ooh, yeah. Oh, ooh, that was yeah. something. <laughs> that oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I almost forgot to bring that up. Here we are. That wasn't good. No. <laughs> All right. Well, Zach, is this the worst best original screenplay? No. Uh, I got to pull up my list real quick. I've given it nice four stars, uh, which puts it at uh, at number nine right now. That sounds low, but it's everything above it. It's pretty good. So number nine, four stars. All right. Um, I agree. It's not the worst. I have it at my number seven uh, under an American in Paris and Mary Louise or in between those two. Good move. Paul. Uh, I think you know, definitely American in Paris is going. ground. All right. Yeah. Uh, shockingly, me and me and Zach are on the same page. I gave this four stars. It's at my number nine. Nice. I think this is a perfectly acceptable film. I think it's a a good watch, um, but you know, I'm I'm not reaching to watch this all the way through. Like eleven years ago, I directed a play about Titanic, and I didn't bother watching this whole movie, and I didn't feel the need after I watched mm-hmm. it now, and I liked it, but I don't think I'm going to run back to it anytime soon. Yeah. Um, whereas everything I have above this, I might I. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't rewatch stuff often, but uh, everything that's up here, I either absolutely loved watching it the first time or I was enjoying watching it a second time or I've seen it plenty of times. Fair enough. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I think I still watch this one over the James Cameron one. If for no other point, then who's got the fucking time? <laughs> <laughs> you can fit this one in one VHS. That's true. You know, but it's crazy how many times I've seen that movie. Yeah. For someone who didn't like mm-hmm. it for years upon years. Yeah. Decades even. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. All right. Well, that is where we are going to call it this evening. My name is Jonathan Pierce. You can find me on the Twitter, Twitch, TikTok, and on the letterbox at Altorn underscore Occam. Zach, where can we find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, and Letterbox by searching my name. Mr. Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dress Men on TikTok, where Joseph Happy and I are covering all sorts of shark-related content. Uh, I'm trying to decide if I want to blow up all my social medias before the holiday season starts. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Again? Just to get off? Just, yeah, again. Like, uh, I, I know I'm so wishy-washy with this shit. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of disabling. I don't know about doing away with. It depends on what it is for me, but... I don't know. I 
I've been in such a weird depressive state that I really don't need to see people being happy about the two stupidest holidays that we have. Mm. That's fair. I just hate Halloween and Christmas so much. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. So we'll figure it out. But you can follow me at Father of the Fear on Letterboxd, which I will not be blowing up because I like punching in my five-star reviews for <laughs> every movie I watch. Um, <laughs> which, um, and that's, did I say at Father of the Fear? I've, I've thrown myself off. Uh, something, something, all the movies I watch. All the movies. Uh, and I really did. I already talked about the only movie I watched this week on last week's episode because we're recording these two in such a short order mm-hmm. um, i need to get back into watching movies i got a i got a week off of work coming up i'm gonna try hey, to watch the movies. yes or maybe i'll start watching uh malcolm in the middle on hulu because i just found out it's on hulu and i love that <laughs> fucking show so much mm. mm-hmm. uh, that's me hey zach what are we watching next week next week Visited another Best Picture winner with On the Waterfront. So we went from In the Water to the Waterfront. And you can rent that on Amazon, Apple TV, Google, Vudu, or YouTube. Excellent, excellent. So Marlon Brando can watch the Titanic sink from the waterfront. That's right. But until he does that, we'd like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Loving Over Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue. For our beautiful artwork, you follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Oscar Worcesty Pod and on Facebook at the Oscar Worcesty Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I found out we have nine five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Oh, really? really? On Spotify, yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Thanks. Thank you. Thank you, anybody. Uh, I, I just had to start using Spotify because my beloved Stitcher has disappeared. Uh, And... I went I went over to the show and saw our nine five star reviews. So please keep that up. Tell your friends, even if they don't listen, to give us five stars. Uh, and it really helps us to be seen in the almighty oh, algorithm. Almighty algorithm. Oh, algorithm. Let uh, me review it for you. That's what you can tell your friend. Yep. Let uh, me review it for you. Exactly. For me. And, um, you know, those five stars, they will help keep us afloat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they will. So, for Jonathan and Zach and teen heartthrob Robert Wagner, we'd all like for you to have a damn fun day. Bye.